Would you turn to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 9? If we were coming to the table today, the table of remembrance, and I went through the procedures that we normally go through, and I came down here, and instead of opening the book to Corinthians and reading where the Lord sat at the uh, final supper and said, here, this is this represents my body, take you and eat. If I had to just start reading out of some other book, maybe, would you get up and walk out? Kind of like that song that the Beatles wrote, you know, if I sing out of tune, I think it was the Beatles, if you sing out of tune, would you, would you walk out? I ask that question is because what do we do when we come to the Lord's table? We do the same exact same thing every time, do we not? Twice a month for 22 years. Be almost 23 now. It's the exact same thing. But it's the same thing in our messages. I admitted to those who are here for Bible study and I'll admit to you folks who are able to join me now for this morning's message. I have struggled very difficult to put together a message for you folks today. Reasons for my own causing. Reasons that I had to go to my Lord this morning and just ask for forgiveness for. Ask for Him to be with me. And I pulled up one of our old messages and put some new notes in it, rephrase some other things to fit the time. It's been a couple years. But it's about these words that we're going to read in Jeremiah chapter 9. Here in Jeremiah, the Lord is declaring destruction and gloom to the lost. How many messages have you heard in a while that talk about what's going to happen to the sinners of the world. I haven't heard anybody outside of Sovereign Grace Ministers, which I listen to two or three times a week, but if you tune into the TV or something, here's what you're going to hear. Jesus loves you. He loves everything. Jesus created everything perfect and He just loves everything. Everything is loved by God. He is love. And that's all they talk about. They don't talk about what the true love of God is. Is God love? Absolutely. You and I think we have an understanding of what love is, folks. His ways are so far above our ways, we have no idea. He gives us a little, little sprinkling of what that love is about by sending His Son to die on the cross for us. But even that, even knowing that, is just such a small drop of what the grace of God is in love. See, the thing is, though, there's something that's the opposite of that love, and that's His hate. It's a perfect hate. And the importance to pointing that out is when you understand the hate that God has for sin, you get a better grasp and understanding of what it means for God to love you. To understand that God doesn't love everybody, but that love that He has is perfect, and it's perfect for those that He loves. 
is to understand that he also has a perfect hatred for some. Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated. I don't care what anybody else wants to say, that's what God says right there. That's His Word. Oh no, that can't be. Jesus loves everything He made. No, He doesn't. He says in His Word, Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated. Plain and simple. And here in Jeremiah, Jeremiah is crying out unto Israel. He's declaring the destruction for, for the lost. He's declaring days of punishment as it is in the heading of my, my Bible, right above the verse that we're going to be looking at. I mean, you're not in the right verse. Hang on a minute. There we go. Nope, that's not the right one either. I'll be there. Here it is. It's called days of punishment. That's the heading at the top of my scriptures there. Or as on previous pages, it says, Jeremiah weeps. Folks, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, according to God's Word, a day of reckoning is coming. Everyone, everyone who has ever stepped foot on this earth, every person who has ever been born, every child, man, woman, old person, everyone will have to stand before the perfect judge. before the throne of glory and give an account. The chafe will be separated from the wheat in that day. The sheep will be separated from the goats in that day. Some will hear these words that we read in Luke chapter 13 verse 27, Depart from me, all ye workers of iniquity. I never knew you. Others will hear these words. As we read in Matthew 25, 23, well done, good and faithful servant. The Lord of all creation, folks, is angry with the wicked. Judgment is coming. Many who stand in pulpits today are speaking only of love and not even a true love, but a love of their own imagination. I just can't think of anything so negative. Folks, there are negatives. The world is full of negatives. The whole world that we walk on is cursed because of sin. Cursed is the ground that you walk on, saith the Lord. There are none good, saith the Lord. They speak of a love of their own imagination and they completely turn away from the truth of sin. The God of all glory hates with a perfection all sin. All sin must be punished. All of creation has been cursed and all will be burned up in that final day. Yet God has chosen to save a remnant. He chose to do so. He didn't have to. God is not binding to you for anything. He doesn't need you. He is complete in Himself. The God of all glory, He hates hates all sin. He has chosen to save a remnant, a small portion is what that word remnant means, a people that He shall call unto Himself. Why? Look with me if you would at our text in Jeremiah chapter 9 beginning at verse 13. 
Jeremiah chapter 9, beginning at verse 13. And the Lord saith, Because they have forsaken my law. You know, every single person has forsaken the law of God in one way or another. And all it takes is one little one. There's enough sin in that little pinky right here. Right there. That warrants me to go to hell. There's enough sin in that thought that just passed through my mind to condemn me and put me where I belong. Where uh, no, I'm you know I'm going to back up. I said that that was not correct. I do not belong there. And we'll get to the reason why in just a moment. But there's enough sin there to warrant me earning earning damnation. And the Lord saith, because they have forsaken my law which I set before them and have not obeyed my voice, neither walked therein, verse 14, but have walked after the imagination of their own heart and after Balaam, with their, which, which their fathers taught them. Therefore thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I will feed them, even this people, with wormwood and give them water of gall to drink. I will scatter them also among the heathen, whom, whom neither they nor their fathers have known. And I will send a sword after them, till I have consumed them. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Consider ye and call, all, call for the mourning women, that they may come, and send for cunning women that they may come. And let them make haste, and take up a wailing for us, that our eyes may run down with tears and our eyelids gush out with waters. For a voice of wailing is heard out of Zion. How are we spoiled? How are we uh, cast down? We are greatly confounded because we have forsaken the land because our dwellings have cast us out. Yet hear the word of the Lord. O ye women, and let your ear receive the word of his mouth, and teach your daughters wailing and every one her neighbor lamentation. For death is come up unto the widows, and is entered into our palaces, windows, and enter into our palaces, to cut off the children from without and the young men from the streets. Speak thus, saith the Lord. Even the carcasses of men shall fall as dung upon the open field, and as a handful after the harvest man, and none shall gather them. Thus saith the Lord, Let none of the wise men, glo wise men glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might, let not the rich man glory in his riches, but let him that glorieth glory in this. We've just heard... We've just heard what mankind deserves. We've just heard the wrath of God to be laid upon sinful flesh. But let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me. Well, what is it to knoweth and to understand him? Look at this list. That I am the Lord which exerciseth loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness 
in the earth, for in these, in these, in these things I delight, saith the Lord. That's the title for this message. For in these I delight. In what? What is it? What are these that it's talking about? Well, the first one we see there is, I am the Lord. Let's turn a well, let me, I'll go ahead and list them all, all four off here. I am the Lord, which exercises loving kindness. That's, that's something He delights in. He delights in the fact that I am the Lord. He is the Lord. He, del- he delights in the fact that He exercises loving kindness. He delights in the fact that He exercises judgment, perfect judgment. And He does those in the earth for in these things, he says, I delight. Now I'd like to consider these four points that we just read. First, let's turn a few pages to the right to Jeremiah chapter 31. And read with me verse 31 through 35. Turn over to Jeremiah chapter 31. He delights in the fact that he is the Lord. Did you know that? Well, he's perfect. Everything he does is right. What a delight it would be to be the Lord. He delights in Himself because He is Lord. Look here at Jeremiah chapter 31, verse, beginning at verse 31. 31, beginning at verse 31. How do you like that? Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in that in the day that I took them out by the hand and to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break, although I was a husbandman unto them, saith the Lord, but this shall be a covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts. Now I want you to understand what that's saying right there. I will put my law. This one who delights as the Lord says, I will put my law in their inward parts. You can't learn the true law of God by reading the book, this book right here, unless God Himself puts it in your heart. That's why we have so many millions of people walking around in different religions who are carrying the same book you and I are. God has not given them the experience. Let me repeat this God has not given them the experience of grace. Oh, John, what is that? When you realize when God has brought you to understand the depth of your depravity, the depth of your depravity has earned you what we just read about a moment ago. What was the Lord saying? What did He say? He's going to put wormwood. He's going to destroy them. They're going to be cast out into outer darkness as we'll see in a little while. That's what we all deserve. That's what we all have earned. Yet some, some as it says here, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. I think I said... I think I might have just said it a moment ago. I can't remember if I said this during Bible study or a moment ago, but folks, if God loves you, if God loves you, 
And anything can come between the God of all creation and His love for you. What kind of a God is that? I like the God of Scriptures. The God of Scriptures that says all power in heaven and earth have been given to the Lord Jesus. I like that because that means I cannot come between Him and His love for me. And I try all the time. Do you? Yeah, we do. And they shall... And I shall write it in their hearts and, they will, and I will be their God and they shall be My people. Our Lord delights in being the Lord of mercy and grace. In Isaiah 45, verse 7, our Lord says this. He says, I form light. This is the power of God. This is the God that I was just talking about. The one I was just telling you that in Scripture says all power in heaven and earth. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Paul knows that. And every true child of God knows that too. To know the true and living God has to know the power of God. And He has all power in heaven and earth. I form the light, he says in Isaiah 45, verse 7, that I create darkness. There are no accidents with the God of Scriptures. Everything was purposed by Him so that He would become the Savior of His people and we would sing, Hallelujah! What a Savior for eternity. We have some troubles right now in our lives that bring tears to our eyes, but there's a day those tears are going to go away. And all we will sing is hallelujah. Hallelujah to our Savior. Every day I talk with my pastor, and he and his wife just sit at home waiting. It could be tomorrow, John. And I know he's smiling because you you can tell on the phone when people are smiling. You can tell when they're down and out. You can tell when they're smiling. Could be today. Could be today, John. Could be this afternoon. I got no more troubles. It's coming soon. Each day, I get a little bit closer to that door the Lord takes me through. Our Lord delights in being the Lord. I form the light and create darkness. He says, I make peace and I create evil. Now, that's got to be clarified. Our Lord is not the author of evil. He creates. He creates evil. That's evil speaking of those things that go about and do damage to the earth, such as tornadoes and stuff like that. But He allows the evil in man's heart so that we can see the grace in His love for saving us. That's the power of God. That's the God of Scriptures, the One who created all things. He rules over everything. Our sin is our own. Plain and simple. And just removing His hand of mercy, His hand of grace a little bit, allowing us to step in that pile of whatever it is you want to step into, you know what? It brings us right back to looking to Him. Lord, I can't do this on my own. 
I can't get through that walk this next week in this world. He delights in being the Lord. It delights our Creator to reveal who He is to His people. He declares who He is to all the earth, but the earth rejects Him. The people of the earth reject who He is. They reject the works that He did. They reject Him for where He is right now. And they make themselves out to be gods by declaring God is without power over me. How often do you hear somebody say, Oh yeah, Jesus Christ, oh yeah, He's sovereign over everything. Oh no, but I had to make a decision to come and see Him. But oh no, I have to, I have to, I have to worship on Saturday to be His. But oh no, I have to receive Him into my heart. I have to accept Him. And I'm not just not ready to do that yet. Or, or I did last week. I might have to do it again next week, but I did last week, so I'm okay. That's what we call free willism. My will is over His. That's making myself a God over Him. Did you know that's what the devil did? The devil said, I will be the Most High. And that's what every natural man, woman, and child do. I will be the ruler of my own circumstances. Listen to these familiar words. Matthew 16.13, we read these words. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, He asked His disciples. Remember, we're talking about our Lord delights in revealing who He is. He takes delight in being the Lord. He came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi and He asked His disciples saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And He saith unto them, But whom say ye? Who do you say? Are you one who says that the Lord Jesus is one of those who's set everything in motion and waiting for stuff to happen? That's not the Jesus of Scripture. But who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son. Nobody can confuse that. The Son of the living God, that's all-powerful. That's the guy who created everything. That's the one who said, let it be, and it was. That's the one who performs a miracle in every child of God's heart, giving them life where they were dead. That's the same thing as raising them from the dead. That's power. That's power. Why that? Lord, Lord, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Do you think Jesus was caught off guard by that answer? Really? How'd you know that? We were reading reading in Bible study. There were some people murmuring about how the Lord made made a comment. And they said, this is is that Jesus who whose father is a carpenter. We know who this guy is. How can he say he can, he can save sins? How can he declare that he can save sins? And Jesus didn't even have to... They, were, they didn't say it out loud. They were thinking it. And the God of all powers... I know what you're saying. I know what you're thinking. Why are you thinking that way? He knows everything. 
God help me to remember my Lord knows every piece of me. Every piece of you. Every thought. Everything. That's the all-powerful God we're talking about. This is the God that He delights in revealing to us. His Son. All the fullness of the Godhead dwells in Him. And Jesus answered and said unto him, said unto Peter after he declared him that thou art the Christ, the Son of the Lord. He said, Blessed are you! <laughs> Blessed are all of you right here today! Blessed are all of His people who are worshiping our Savior this day in truth. Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. You think the Pope doesn't know just about every word? I'll bet you he had to do a test. In all the years that he was whatever, running whatever church, he had to be doing tests all along the way, work his way up to being that guy in the Pope's seat. I'll bet you he knows way more about Scripture than just about anybody out there. But he does not know the Almighty God. Anybody who would take their prayers to a, a human, another human, thinking that other human is going to be able to help them, doesn't know the Scriptures. Not personally. Not experientially. Blessed are you, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Would you say that makes the Lord delighted in revealing who He is? And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock, not upon Peter, See, that's another thing the Catholic Church has made a mistake of. Peter was never a rock. He was a man. Yes, the word, the name Peter means rock. That's, that's true. But Peter was just like you and I, folks. Mary, the Virgin Mary, was just like you and I. She called her son, my Lord. The rock is the fact that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. You're standing on power if you know that. And our Lord says, Upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Who's going to come between the love of God and His people? The gates of hell won't. Because He is Lord, nothing can separate Him from His people. Again, we read familiar words in John 10, verse 23-30, through 30, And Jesus walked in the temple of Solomon's porch. Then came the Jews round about Him. These religious folks. You know the Jews were the most religious people that ever walked the earth. They did, oh, they did all the ordinances right down to the T. But they didn't have a heart for Christ. These religious men came and said, How long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. And Jesus said this so clearly, you can't, you can't misinterpret this. This is, this is as simple as a child can understand this. I'm not much higher than a child, and I understand it, so 
I'm pretty sure a child could understand it too. Listen to what the Jesus he says, I told you. I told you who I am. I and my father are one. I told you all about it. And the works that I do prove who I am. Have you ever seen anybody else turn a guy who's completely leprous into a clean man? Have you seen anybody else say, come forth, and a guy comes out of the grave? They come up with a lot of weird miracles that can't be proved that they even happened. Have you ever thought about that? This guy over here committed a miracle. This guy over here maybe committed a miracle. Yeah, I don't know about that. Somebody saw that guy walking before he came in with a cane. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. Does our Lord delight in revealing Himself to His people? Yes, He does. He says, but ye believe not because ye are not of my sheep. If you don't believe this word, if you don't believe that this is the word of the Almighty Creator, it's because you're not His sheep. Or because He hasn't called you out of that death and darkness yet. Because you're not of My sheep, as I said unto you, He says, My sheep hear My voice. And I know them. And they follow Me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of My hand. My Father which gave them Me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of My Father's hand. I and My Father are one. Did you know right after that it says they they wanted to stone Him? They wanted to take Him out. Who are you to say you... Who are you to say that we're not saved? I do all the right stuff. I got baptized. I, I worship on Saturdays, right Mike? Yeah. Looking for that clock on Friday night. It's time! Go. As soon as that clock is over, got through it. Another day. Another week. Now we can go about doing what we want to do. Folks, the Lord Jesus is the Lord of all. And it is His delight to reveal Himself to His chosen people, to His remnant, to His elect. In John chapter 1, verse 10, we read these words, He was in the world, and the world was made by Him, and the world knew Him not. I remember the day I knew Him not. Johnny go lucky. Running around out there just doing whatever felt good as long as I didn't hurt somebody. Well, maybe I hurt them a little bit, but they still, you know, I didn't kill them or anything. And then the Lord brought me to my knees and showed me what I was and my need, my need, my need of a Savior. Oh, the wretched man that I am now is no better than the one I was then except I have a Savior. One who has taken all the wretchedness from this man right before you and taken it upon Himself. 
He who is perfect in every single step that He took, took the wretchedness of all of His people. The sin of all of His children and took it upon as His own. Willingly, willingly took it to the cross, shed His blood for us, and was in the belly of the earth for three days and three nights. He was in the world, and the world was made by Him, and the world knew Him not. He came unto His own, and His own received Him not. But, but, here's that us word we were talking about in Bible study. I should have brought this out too. But, that's like in Ephesians chapter 2, but God, isn't that fun to hear? Doesn't that make you feel good when you, when you know the sin that's in you, and you know the grace of God who's already taken care of everything for you. But God. Oh, I like to hear but God. <sighs> I feel better already just saying but God. But as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God. It wasn't something that they had done. It's not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. Is that not what God's word says? Isn't that right? Not of him that willeth. God gave he power to them, gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. That's the whosoever. Whosoever believeth in him has everlasting life. God so loved the world. He so loved His people in the world throughout all time, throughout all ages, throughout all tribes, that He gave His only begotten Son for that people, the whosoever, to them that believe on His name. And then verse 13, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. I like to hear that. That's God's grace to you and I. I didn't know it before, but He's revealed it to me as He reveals it to all of His children. I would have never chose Him. You say, well, how do you know, John? You can't go back. Yes, I can go back. I was No, I was blind as a bat. And that's not even worse than that because bats can sense something. I had no sense. My mom used to say that to me all the time when I was, you got no sense, boy. Dad, you okay? I got to share this one with you. Dad gets out of his pickup truck. We got a minute or two, don't we? Dad gets out of his pickup truck. I'm with, he's with Uncle Earl out there in Arkansas, and he said he just lit a cigarette. He says, for some reason, he just knew it was going to happen. He says, "Boy, don't touch that." That's the old cigarette lighter things. You punch them in like that, and they get really red hot. As soon as he got out of the truck, him and Uncle Earl got around the front of the truck. John goes ah! and screams. And dad just laughs. Boy, you got no sense. Boy, you got no sense. I know that. I know that I had no sense. I know that I was blind. That man who was cured of his blindness, who could see the sky and everything, he knew he couldn't see it before, didn't he? Look what... Wow! Could you imagine his first look, his first feelings, looking upon a loved one and saying, that's what you look like. Wow. 
That was the first point. <laughs> he delights in revealing to his children, his people, that he is Lord. He delights in that. And our second point is that God delights in exercising his loving kindness. He is not bound by the works of man. He does not owe us anything for what we do. Our Lord delights in mercy. Look over at Romans chapter 9 if you would. Romans chapter 9. It won't take long for us to get through these next three points. I promise you. You'll be home in time for that barbecue you got planned this afternoon. Romans chapter 9. Our Lord delights in mercy. He delights in exercising His loving kindness and His loving mercy. Look with me if you would. Romans chapter 9 beginning at verse 9. For this is the word of promise that at this time I will come and Sarah shall have a son. And not only this, but when Rebekah also had conceived by one, even by our father Isaac, for the children, the twins that were in her womb, being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand not of works, but of him that calleth. It was said unto her, The elder shall serve the younger, and as it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid. What God does is right. I pause for a moment because I want you to think about that. Think of the worst thing you know of in history that you can think of. The Nazis? Hitler? People at 9-11? Somebody who's killed one of your loved ones? That's hard to think of that. Is there unrighteousness with our God? No. No. For our Lord saith in verse 15, For He saith to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So then it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. For the scripture saith unto, the Pharaoh, unto Pharaoh, Even for this same purpose have I raised thee up, that I might show my power in thee, and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. Therefore hath he, hath God, mercy on whom he will have mercy, and whom he will he hardeneth. Thou wilt say then unto me, Why doth he yet find fault? For who hath resisted the will of God? But O man, O man, who are you? Who are thou that repliest against God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, Why hast thou made me thus? And then Paul goes on to write there, Hath not the potter power over the clay? The very one who created all of the universe, all of those who walk this earth, our creator, does he not have the, pot, the potter over the clay, the power of the clay, of the same lump to make one vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor? What if God willing to show his wrath and to make his power known endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction? And that he might make known the richness of his glory on the vessels of mercy, which he had 
of four prepared unto glory. <clears throat> how shall we how shall they be saved? And that brings me to our third point, judgment. Our Lord delights in exercising judgment. God took delight in exercising judgment on His Son. Turn over to the 53rd chapter of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 53. He delighted. And we'll see very clearly here in these words. He took pleasure in the uh, laying the stripes on His Son for our sakes, for His people. He delighted in exercising judgment Isaiah 53, verse 1, we read these words, Who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? This is what we were talking about just a moment ago, back there in Romans. Our God has mercy on whom He will have mercy. Whom will the arm of the Lord be revealed to? To those that love Him, to those He has loved before the world began. Verse 2, For He shall grow up before Him as a tender plant, and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form, nor comeliness, and when we shall see Him, there is no beauty that we should desire Him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows. Oh, what a Savior! And acquainted with grief. Oh, what a Savior! My Creator is a man of sorrows for my sake, accounted with grief. We hid, as it were, our faces from Him. He was... He, he was despised and we esteemed Him not. But surely, surely He hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem Him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But He was wounded for our transgressions. Our God was perfect. Perfect in every step that He took. Perfect in everything He did. Everything the Lord Jesus did pleased the Father and He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him and with His stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to His own way and the Lord hath laid upon Him, upon His Son, our Lord and Savior Christ Jesus, the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not. He... Grasp that. Grasp what we're reading right there. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. When was the last time somebody did something to you and you didn't say something about it? I'm not raising my hand because I can't tell you when. My Lord said nothing as they accused Him falsely. Why? Because it was His purpose. It was His purpose to go to that cross for my sins. He was oppressed and He was afflicted, yet He opened not His mouth. He was brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before His shears is dumb, so He opened not His mouth. Verse 8, he was taken from prison and judgment and who shall declare his generation for he was cut off from the land of the living for the transgressions of my people was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death because he had done no violence neither was any deceit in his mouth yet it pleased... What did I say a moment ago? What's our subject right now? What was our next point? Our Lord is 
uh, delights in judgment upon His Son. He Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise Him. He hath, he hath put Him to grief. When thou shalt make His soul an offering for sin, He shall see His seed, He shall prolong His days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in His hand. He shall see the travail of His soul and shall be satisfied. In Matthew chapter 17, verse 5, we read these words, While He yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved Son. in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye Him. And this brings me to my last point. God delights in the righteousness of His Son. Folks, there is only one righteousness. There is none righteous other than Christ. There is no not one. There is only one righteousness that God will accept and that is the perfect righteousness of His Son. The sins of man must be punished. If it were not for the loving kindness our Lord has for us, if it were not for the perfect judgment laid upon our Redeemer, if it were not for His perfect righteousness, all would spend an eternity in damnation, never able to satisfy the justice of God. Yet justice for God's elect has been met. Our iniquities were laid upon Him. Our sins were made His. Turn one more time, if you would, to the 103rd Psalm. Psalms number 103. And while you're turning there, allow me to read these words from 2 Corinthians 5.21. Familiar words, For He, speaking of God the Father, hath made Him, God the Son, to be sin for us. The perfect man of God was made to be sin. Try to wrap your mind around that one. I say that because this mind can't. And I've had several try to explain it to me. My God was made sin for me. This one who knew no sin that we, the children of God, the chosen from before the world was, the predestined to be the children of God, might be made the righteousness of God in Him. Nothing here. Nothing in this flesh, in Him. Look at verse 1 through 22 of Psalms 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with a long, with a loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. He made known His ways unto Moses, His acts unto the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will He keep His anger forever. 
He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is His mercy toward them that fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath He removed our transgressions from us. Folks, the Lord God Almighty has loved His people from before the foundation of all creation. A people that He has set to receive His mercy, His grace. A people to be called out of darkness, all mankind are, that the, the darkness that all mankind are born into. And as we all once walk in that darkness, we see His loving kindness towards us and we see it please the Lord to bruise His Son. God in the flesh, in our stead. It's called experienced grace. I know what I've earned and I know what He paid. He paid His life. What delights my Father in heaven? The Son of the living God. Him. My Savior. What delights the Father? Him. And I'm in Him. And He's in me. I don't know how, but however that works, He delights in me. We looked at several verses in Bible study about the Lord and how He looks towards us. Go read the pictorial story written by, the, written by King Solomon, the Song of Solomon's. That's about our Lord and Savior and how He thinks of us. We are fair in the eyes of our Lord. I'll close with these words. You can turn there if you'd like in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. to leave it on this closing thought. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1 we read these familiar words in verse 26. Wrong one. For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And base things of the world which are despised hath God chosen, yea, the things which are not to bring to naught the things that are, that no flesh should glory in His presence. But of Him, of God, are ye in Christ Jesus, who God has made unto you and I, made unto us, wisdom, Righteousness and sanctification and redemption that according to it is written, He that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. To God be the glory, great things He hath done. Would you stand with